podcast has bad words. <laughs> Live from the Athenaeum Theater, my name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists live in Melbourne. Well, this is a very special night for us. And no, I don't say that every time we do an event. There is a reason that this is special. Ryan and I have been on the road for on and off for the last 12 months. We did a 50-city tour. This is the last stop of the Less Is Now tour. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I have never been so delightfully exhausted in my life. It's like that special kind of tired, right? Like you leave the gym and you're like, oh my God, I can't do anything else. And I kind of feel like that tonight. I'm running on pure adrenaline right now. And I'm just really grateful you decided to spend this evening with us. I know there's a microphone. I've been told there's a microphone somewhere back in here. We're here to answer your questions tonight. And so if we can get some, oh, that's right there. Look, it's like, it's very sort of biblical. It's just <laughs> the light shone down, the sea parted. Um, they do, I heard they do Hillsong on here, in here on Sundays, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not knocking Hillsong. It's, it's okay. I'm not complimenting them either. Um, I'm, I'm rather neutral. But uh, we usually answer some questions, so if you want to line up there. But before we do that, because it's a special night, uh, there are two people I want to thank, and I'm going to try to drag them on the stage right now. Uh, Rebecca and Mariah, if you could come on up. I'm Get sure up here, ladies. Yeah, come on up here. Where are they at? You have no choice. I don't know if Rebecca has, but Mariah has never been in front of this many people before. <laughs> There are damn near a thousand people in here tonight, I believe. At least that's what it looks like. Um, I, don't, I didn't see yeah. the tick count. The, the first event in Melbourne sold out, so we had to come back and do this second night. So thank you for being here. So I, I just got to say something really quick. Um, these two ladies are like crazy supportive of us. And uh, when... We said we were going to go out on the road for a year and do 50 cities, and don't worry, we'll be back during some weeks. They were like, fuck yeah, you should do that. And, and so they're really the reason that we're, we're, we have this opportunity. We have amazing, amazing support at home, and I'm really grateful for you. I yeah, love you. Let's please give them a round of applause. It would be impossible to do this without a supportive partner. Josh is absolutely right. And, you know, I, when, when Josh sent me the email, he's like, dude, we got this offer to go to Australia. Like, should we go to Australia? And I went to Mariah, and I'm like, we got this offer to go to Australia. What do you think about me going to Australia? She was like, can I go? <laughs> and I was like, well, hell yeah, you can go. So, uh, yeah, Mariah, she's been able to, to, to hang out and, and support me on the road, which um, I just feel so fortunate to be able to have her by my side. And I'll tell you, too, like, uh, we, after this, like, we have such, we just got our, like, open water scuba diving permits, and we're going to go hit up the Great Barrier Reef after this. And, uh, <clears throat> man, like, I am just, I am just so thrilled to be, to be in this country. This is awesome country, awesome people. And Melbourne, God, you guys are killing it with coffee, man. <laughs> Holy, I can, like, I could throw, I could throw a jart, a jart, is that what it is? You guys know what lawn darts are? I could throw a lawn dart and, like, just 
strike a good coffee shop like anywhere. It's it's amazing. Americans like to throw projectiles. Yeah. <laughs> I, anytime I'm in a really crowded place in America, I get, so I sort of have I'm like post traumatic stress just being in here right now. Nothing. <laughs> we have a microphone right there. So we oh, this is going to be the most minimalist podcast ever. I was hoping we could call it an early night tonight, Josh. Here's, here's what happens is the first person breaks the seal, and then all, what, 37 people cascade toward the microphone. We'll have time, I'm sure, to answer five, maybe six questions. So now is the time to ask your question. All Howdy, right. what's your name? <laughs> Helen. Hey, Helen. Hey, Helen. Where are you from? Where are you from? Uh, Ainsbury in Melbourne. It's countryish. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you. What's your question? How can we help? So my question is, um, with your, when, when it comes to your partner, and they're not so much into the whole minimalist <laughs> concept, <laughs> and you are, well, I am, um, how do you find that, I'm sure you've had this question a million times, but how do you find that compromise with them without trying to, to kill them, really? Because like, you totally want them to be a minimalist, but they're not. Sure. So, so, so they're not a hoarder or anything like that, yeah. but they just... Are, that's just you just wait till they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't ever you do that. There. You can that's step the there. Worst, this that's is the a conversation. Uh, what, so uh, what, what are you struggling with exactly? Do you, are you just, do you want to just get rid of their stuff, his or no, her stuff? No, he just takes... He, put, he sort of takes his time to want to let go. For example, uh-huh. last year we've got this huge crate full of... Well, we had this huge crate full of um, television cords and stuff, you know, like adapters and, and shit like that. Sure. Oh, yeah. And That was like junk drawer number four for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's been there for over a decade, and I've been star- I'd been staring at it for, for years, like, this has yeah. got to go. It's never looked at, it's, it's been taped up and everything, and, right. and every year I say, Doug, you know, we just got to let rid of this shit. <laughs> like, we don't use them, they're so old, you don't even, can't even connect them into anything anymore. <laughs> I would just imagine, like, a bunch of coax cables like that you can't even use anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> bad advice. Um, so here's the, here's the first bit of advice. Don't get rid of other people's stuff if you want to maintain that friendship, co-workership, partnership, whatever it may be. But uh, so, so, so here's a few things. Um, how long ago did you discover min- minimalism? Um, well, it came out on Netflix, so a few years ago. Okay. <laughs> So, so from our, it, was from, it was from our documentary, so... Loved it. I'll assume you were 27 years old at the time, and, <laughs> and um, that means it took you 27 years, if that's how old you were when, the do- when you saw the documentary, to, to approach minimalism in some way that it resonated with you. Now, all of a sudden, there was some sort of switch flipped. Here's the weird thing, though. I get so many people... Yeah, but they'll come up to us like on the street or at the events where they're like, I found your book or I found your documentary right at the right time in my life and it really connected with me. No one ever comes up to me and says, I found your book at the wrong time in my life. Because <laughs> then they just don't read it or they just don't watch it because they don't feel compelled to do so, right? And so... The, the thing that compelled you is you had some sort of why. If I were to ask you the question, why would your life be better with less, you're going to have some answers for that. For me, 
I know it was about regaining control of my finances. My finances were out of control. I made really good money, but I spent even better money. If you try that, you will go into debt. And that's what I did. So I had massive amounts of debt. I was also unhealthy. I also didn't feel like I was creating how I wanted to create. I wasn't contributing how I wanted to contribute. My life was, was out of control in certain ways that I wanted to regain control. And I know for Ryan, he was like, man, I could regain control of my time. I'm working 80 hours a week. I don't, my, my own time isn't mine. So everyone else dictates my schedule, dictates my days. If I regain control of my time, maybe I could, better, I could spend that time doing things I want to do, like go scuba diving. And, uh, and so we both had whys. Right now, your partner doesn't have the why. All that they are seeing is the what, these goddamn cables here, and the how. You better get rid of these cables and I'll be happy. But they don't have the why, and that's okay. Because once you have the why, they're dominoes. And the what, you're like, okay, yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that. Oh, I do need that, even though, uh, you know, you're not going to agree on everything, obviously. But the things you do agree on, the how becomes easy. Ryan and I never write about the 47 ways for you to declutter your kitchen. Because who gives a shit? It's boring. It, that's some stuff that BuzzFeed does so they can get you to click on their things so you will read their advertisements. And, and what we're much more concerned with is the why. And so if you were to ask him that question, yeah, how might your life be better with less? He might not have an answer right away, but if you figure out what's going to make his life better through the process, then you have an inroad because here's the cool thing. You're on the same team. And at, at first, when we're, when we're asking this question, you know, the, you're asking it in a very nice way. Uh, I was in Montreal, and this lady came out to the, to, to the microphone. She goes, how do I get my husband to get rid of all of his shit? <laughs> and I'm like, well, first you have to recognize that you're on the same team. You're not competing against each other. You're, you're competing for the same thing. It's meaning, it's happiness, it's joy, it's contentment, it's a life together. And you want to be able to do that together, but you need, you need to make sure you both know the why. Thank you. Well, don't go away. You guys still stay there. Sorry. No, I was going to ask you. So um, what, what, when is, what's the last thing that your husband um, asked you to do? I'm just curious that, that you've kind of been putting off. Is there anything? You don't have to, I, I, actually, you don't have to answer exactly what it is, but is there anything that he's been kind of after you to do that, that you have been maybe putting off? I can't think of it. It's off my head. I can't. Yeah. Well, I, I, well here, here's, here's where I'm going with this, is that I know that there are some times when I will go to Mariah, and I will say, hey, you know, it will really help me out if X. And I will, and I will ask if she would be willing to help me out with, with X. I would never go to her and ask her for help unless I have gone out of my way to help and support her. And if you, if it sounds like, I mean, if you can't think of anything, it sounds like you're an awesome spouse and you have been doing that. And if he's also an awesome spouse, you can, you can go to him and you can say, Hey, you know, I know that it's really hard for you to get rid of these cables. I know it's really hard for you to, you know, get rid of some stuff. Would you be willing though to help me just get a little stress out of the house? And ultimately if, if he does love you, and he does respect you, like he's gonna do something to help you out. I mean, 
I don't know how he could say no if you've gone out of your way to love and respect him. I don't know how he could say no. I'll tell you one, one thing, too, is when, when we're talking to other, other people and asking them to help out with X or if they would be willing to help out with X, it's so important that when, when you're saying anything negative, you've got to put it on yourself. I have a problem. I am so stressed out by clutter. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I just can barely sleep at night because I, you know, I, I, just, I just have something going on in my head. I don't know what it is. Can you, because you're such an awesome husband, <laughs> so when you use the word you, it's a compliment. Because you're such an awesome husband, I just know that you're gonna help me figure this out. Because you've spent this whole relationship supporting me and loving me and helping me figure out so many things in life. And I know that us together can figure this out. It, whether you're talking to a partner, a romantic partner, a friend, a boss, a coworker, that little trick, it will, it will keep people from getting on the, the defense. Because mm -hmm. mostly what happens is when so if I went to Mariah and I said, you've got too many shoes, you need to get rid of your shoes, like that is an, that is, I've never said that to her. <laughs> but that, but that, is, that, that is a statement that is attacking, it's, it's judgmental, it, it, is, it is not, it's not going to help her want to help me at all. Ryan, you used, uh, you used five words there that really changed my life. Um, and I think this is, this is helpful for anyone, whenever you're asking for something, would you be willing to? Those five words, because people who care about you, you're not saying, you, I think you should do this. I hate when people say, you should do this. You should have this person on your podcast. Fuck you. <laughs> Tell me what I should do, right? Um, but when someone's like, hey, would you be willing to help me take out the trash? What am I going to be? What am I going to say? Nah, screw you. I'm not willing to help you out. <laughs> of course I'm willing to help you out. I care about you. And those five words totally changed the trajectory of my conversations. Try it out. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, Howdy. Man. What's your name, brother? Hey, guys. Um, my name's Ollie. I'm originally from England, but I live now in Australia. Well, thanks for awesome, being here. Awesome, man. Someone out there was like, that's Doug. <laughs> That would have been great. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I think they were talking to you. Uh. <laughs> um, okay. So about four years ago, I was like, I was overweight and I was listening to your podcast and I started running. And one of the things that um, helped me to continue that, I've managed to keep up an exercise streak of doing 20 minutes every day for now 1,350 days. Wow. <laughs> Which, Thanks. Um, it's one of the things that you guys, you guys helped me and inspired me to do that because you changed something that was saying in my head that I should do it to I must. And it was an early podcast before the Netflix and I just was an avid listener to you guys. So I'd like to thank you for that. Thanks, brother. Man, um, thanks. Yeah. And uh, however... <laughs> There's always a but. <laughs> One of the things that I started to do is kind of seek validation. So I started recording snippets of me exercising every day. And it, came, it became kind of an addiction. So I was like recording just on my iPhone, like me doing a workout or just like as I was running. 
and it was kind of self-validation that I was achieving something. And then I kind of like started posting it and looking for validation through social media and thinking, oh, you know, I'm so good, I'm doing this. But I kind of, it it became an addiction. So now I've got a four terabyte hard drive (laughs) of pretty much a video snippet of my life (laughs) every day. Pretty much to this date. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, I, I, there's a couple of things. Like, one, it's kind of like I can identify that. I've read Ryan Holiday's Ego is the Enemy. And I've... Great book. I've seen that that is a problem because I'm, like, looking for validation. And, and the other thing is I'm asking myself, when am I ever going to look at this stuff? Yeah. Like, it's digital stuff. It's sure. not physical. It's just stuff. But, like, originally I was going to compile a year, which I did do, and then I was going to compile two years, and then I was going to compile three years, and now I need a full-time job to compile four, four years. Yeah. Right? So it's crazy. So, so you're, it, it seems to me, that, yeah, you, you, you're a lot like me where you're obsessive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and, and to me, I, I think that passion is one half love, one half obsession. And, and so it sounds to me like you've developed this passion for running. It's something you love doing. And, but you're also obsessed with like sort of tracking it or whatever. To me, that's a fairly benign obsession. And, and the, the thing that I worry about is if you, if you let go of the sort of cataloging, do you let go of the habit as well? And if so, I say keep, keep, keep doing it because... It's not an actual addiction unless it has a negative influence on your life. And so if it's getting in the way of something and you'd be better off without it, then by all means, let's find a way, let's talk about it, and let's find a way to let it go. But uh, there's a guy I follow on social media, his name is Jocko Willink, and you, and you've, you heard of him? Yeah, he's a like, former Navy SEAL, and every morning at 4.34 a.m., he posts a picture of his watch, and this is when he gets up to exercise. Um, and I, I like to get up around 3.30 a.m. myself to write. And, and so that resonates with me. And if I needed that cue, that external, I wouldn't call it validation necessarily. It might be, but it could be a way to hold myself accountable if I didn't build that habit myself. Here's the thing. Maybe, just maybe, that was the training wheels for you. We all needed training wheels to learn how to ride a bike. And then all of a sudden we were riding the bike and we can take those off. They become, they, they become unnecessary. And at some point those training wheels, wheels actually get in the way. And for you, posting helped keep you accountable, right? You were like, okay, other people are also watching me. So if I stop doing this, they're going to think I stopped. And Here's, here's the test. Maybe you stop for 30 days and say, can I keep doing this without the posting? And if you can keep doing it, then all of a sudden you look around and, oh shit, I've been riding for many, many miles, kilometers, and, and <laughs> without the training wheels on, I think I can, keep, I can keep going forward. Yeah, man, that word validation, I, I myself have to be very careful with that. Um, we were having a, a conversation before um, this this event, and that came up. And there are some times when uh, at the gym, or I'll be walking by a mirror, or whatever. I'm like, "Damn, Nicodemus, your hair is looking good, <laughs> man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a selfie and I'm gonna I'm gonna post that because I need the validate. Like, do is it actually good, or do I or do other people think that it looks good? Anytime I'm posting 
anything for for the likes or for the validation, I don't. Because I will I would also fall in the trap of trying to get validate validation on a regular basis. When I, before I post something, like I'm asking myself, like, is this going to make someone else feel good about themselves? Is this going to add value, you know, to someone else's life, or is this really just all about me? And that is a dangerous road to go down for sure. The only validation you need, it, it truly is from yourself. I know that's you know easier said than done, but man, you have come so far, man. You've come so far, dude. And like whether you get a hundred likes or a million likes. The work, that, the work that you've put in and where you're at now, like it, the likes, they truly don't matter. I would encourage you to, 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 to stop seeking validation on social media. It's a bottomless pit on there, man. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thing? What was the... Thanks. Um, what was the thing we were talking about with the group beforehand? There are some people um, who paid a little more money to meet with us beforehand. Um, <laughs> we call it a VIP event. Um, it really just buys my plane ticket to get to Sydney tomorrow. Um, but, uh, no, uh, what we were talking about was like this, this, this question that we ask ourselves. Like, I think inadvertently when we're posting often on social media, we accidentally think, or the question that we're, we're positing, at least the implicit question is, do you like me? Do you, literally, like, not do you like me, like, out here, but do you like me, like me, like me, right? And I think we've all experienced it, if, if you've been on social media, I know, I know that I've experienced it. So maybe the better question instead of do you like me is, does this add value? Meaning, does this serve the greater good in some way uh, that other people are going to get something out of it? Because that Jocko Willick thing, I know a lot of people see that and they're like, man, I'm a lazy bum. I need to get up earlier. I need to wake up and I actually need to do something with my life. People get something out of it. So not only are you holding your own habit up, but maybe there's a way that you can inspire other people to do something similar because what you've done, man, I've got to acknowledge you for that because bravo, brother. That is so difficult. Amen, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Thanks for the question. Hey, first I need to say, I get really frustrated every time you say advertisements, because we say advertisements, and it just <laughs> kind of shoots me. I don't know if anyone else agrees. Every time. <laughs> well, there's 320 million of us, yeah, so. so. <laughs> fair point, fair point. And so we my... have more guns. <laughs> Helps you so much. <laughs> Uh, so I'm from Docklands. My name's Marion. I'm a mother of two. Um, my husband and I, um, we well, live like the suburb that way. Um, our kind of journey started with a trip to Japan, probably a similar time to you guys, when we got we were looking at buying a place to be our family home, and then we went to Japan in Tokyo for a week, and we we're just like, "What are we doing? Like, we don't need a picket fence." That place is like five New York cities. It's Amazing, yeah. and we can't wait to take our kids back there. We've got a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and we just want them to be able to see that in comparison to this because it makes so difference in, so much different in life. So we came home, and much to our parents, I don't know, they weren't particularly happy. We bought a one-bedroom-plus study in Docklands, purposefully within, well, it's the free tram zone now, not, it wasn't then, it's like seven years ago, and... Um, our life is all in this little bubble and um, we spend more time. We've got a car, use it once to 
every fortnight max. Um, fill it up maybe once every six or eight weeks because we just don't need it that often. Um, but the big thing for us, I guess, or well, for me, and it's been something all of my life I've had people say, you're awesome at this and you do really well at that and that sort of thing. So I've always kind of my life, I feel like, has become what other people think of me as awesome. And so therefore my the way of thinking is I'm good at this, that and the other because this is what people have always told me I'm awesome at. So I'm, this is going to sound crazy to you because I've just told you that we have this small house, like we don't have a lot of stuff. My friends call me ass minimalists. I don't put myself, maybe aspiring is a better way to say it, but they come into our house and are like, exactly, your place is always so tidy and you've got two kids, how the heck do you do this? And we're like, well, there's not that much stuff to get messy. Um, but we... Do you um, feel like they're judging you? No, not negatively, definitely positively. And I've got a lot of friends, like, um, who wanted to be here tonight. I wasn't planning to be here just because from a finance perspective, we're trying to get rid of our debt and we're like, no, nah, can't afford it. Last minute, my husband's we've had a massive week. Anyway, my husband was like, <laughs> just go, just go do it. Um, so I'm here and then all this awesome stuff happened. So I'm here. I work in retail, which is crazy. But the thing that I love about it is where I work in retail every single day, I have the opportunity to connect with women who are in a difficult place in their life. I work for an active wear brand and from what I'm wearing, there's probably women here who can work out who that is. Um, but I have this opportunity on a daily basis to have women come to me who are broken or unhappy, not feeling the best about their life and have the opportunity to spend sometimes three hours with a woman, helping them find some value and purpose and hope and moving forward and find new traction and that whole, you've used this quote as well and I don't know where I heard it from but I don't think it was you guys first, but when you've got a ship going in this direction and you help it change its bearing by two degrees, it doesn't make much difference on that day but in six weeks it's in a completely different place and that's what I see my life as every day. But I hate the fact that that comes with helping people spend a whole heap of money that they probably don't need to spend to actually get to where they want to go. Yeah. So last week, I actually stepped down from a senior management position to a junior management position, still in management, because from a work-life balance and that sort of thing. Um, and I want to be able to continue having that interaction. But how do I find a way to do what I love doing, which I have now found something that I love doing, but without this encouraging consumerism, I'm sure. in this difficult place, I guess. Well, well, Ryan and I aren't allergic to retail. Like, no. like, and, so, so. and I regularly say to women, I don't want you to take this home if you're not going to take the tags off. Like, I am here with you to help you make good decisions. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds to but me it's like... still... Well, it sounds to me like this retailer that you're with, for the most part, aligns with your values, or at least they're, yeah. they're value neutral, right? Yeah. They're not like encouraging you to get people to sign up for seven different credit cards or no. st stuff like that. Okay. Well, if it, if it aligns with your values, I think it's fine. I mean, Ryan and I own a coffee shop, which is a retail yeah. shop, right? Uh, but like what you're talking about, it also gives us the opportunity to educate people about the, the process of, of coffee and, 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 and do something different from these big chain stores that that just want to you know, sell you junky, sugary things that are bad for you. Yeah. Many retail shops are a lot like that. It sounds like, to me like yours is a, a opportunity for you to help other people and educate them, and that's something you're passionate about, and I yeah. say that's great. But speaking of the pivoting thing, uh, you can also pivot that, because you you've developed a skill set, you have a natural talent, 
Skills are developed over time, and, and you've developed the skill set now to where you can help other people. And I found that in the business world, when we put money first, we tend to not be happy. But when we put solving people's problems first, yeah. money tends to follow it. Um, I'm going to recommend a resource for you because I think it's going to be a very valuable one. Uh, just uh, two shows ago, we were in Auckland, and we had Derek Sivers out there, and he has a book called Anything You Want. And it is an 88-page book. If I were to, to describe the book in two words or just retitle the book, I would call it Minimalist Business. And it is a way to make sure that you're creating and contributing to other people in a way that is in line with what you want to do. But also, and just as important, we, also, we often forget this, but it's also in a way that helps solve other people's problems. And, and part of that means excluding a bunch of people um, so that you can include the people who will get the most help from, from, from you as an individual. And so I, I think that that's a really good resource for you, but I think you can take your skill set. If, if It sounds to me like there is some tension with where you are, and you may not be able to, to completely solve that tension 100%, mm. but you, you eventually can walk away from that and apply that skill set elsewhere. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to, to, to kind of add a little bit to what he was saying, you like to help empower women. Yeah. And you do that through selling them stuff that they don't need. That is yeah. a problem, you're right. Yeah. Because it doesn't align with your values and beliefs. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I guess, yes, find another way that you can help empower women. That doesn't mean go and quit tomorrow. That's yeah. silly. Um, but certainly, uh, you can you can go to. I'm trying to think. Uh, it, like, if you like working with clothes specifically, you can still work with clothes and women. Like, there are places in the states where uh, not, these nonprofit organizations they will go around and they will get uh, business outfits for women specifically. And they they go to that. This is her time, ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can talk to her after the show, though. Um, but but w what they do is they will help and, and go to these like impoverished places and uh, even like these setup shops I've seen. Yeah. They would just set up trucks and like have women come and get these professional clothes so they can go and they can get interviews. And that's just one of many, many ideas. Yeah. So yes, like you're absolutely right. Like doing something that brings you joy but doesn't align with your values and beliefs. Like if Mariah couldn't come with me to yeah. Australia, I don't know yeah. if I'd be willing to do it. Yeah. And, and, and that is something that I'm not willing to compromise. Yeah. And uh, you've got to figure out what you're not willing to compromise. Because anytime we start making compromises with our values and beliefs, it is, it is such a slippery slope. Yeah. You're going to figure it out. You're, yeah. yeah, you are. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Thank guys. you. Cheers. One second here. So, so Ryan, um, if the folks are listening to this at home and they want to have a com if they have a comment or a tip, they can give us a call, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo right from your phone to podcast at theminimalists.com. It's my favorite part of the show. At the very end, people call in with their own comments and, and tips that I repurpose later on. I, I upcycle them. Um, Ryan, what time is it? It's time for the lightning round. Uh, I thought that was shots fired. <laughs> um, yeah, lightning round. So we usually answer questions from social media, but you're right here, so we don't have to do that. Um, we try to give you pithy answers, like 140 characters-ish, 
that you can share on social media if you like. We call them minimal maxims. We're uh, at the minimalists on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. And Jessica is back there somewhere live. Right there. She's, oh, in, the, she's there. in her own ah, private box seat. Face. <laughs> um, so Jessica live tweets from the events uh, using the less is now hashtag. But, uh, and then she curates all of our pithy sayings, at least the good ones, over at minimalmaxims.com. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to answer your question with a regular answer, but we'll try to tie it up with a, a pithy little bow at the top. Before we ask you, can we give Jessica a round of applause? Because she really helps us out a lot. Howdy, what's your name? I'm Roz. Hello, I'm Roz. from here in Melbourne. So thank you so much for coming out because I'm a huge fan. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, I love minimalism, and um, I just, I'm surrounded by a lot of superficial people who don't embrace that, and I get a lot of criticism from them. Where? Where are they? Are they at work or are they at. Everywhere. Work, family, uh, friends, <laughs> everywhere. And they. Um, give me all these examples of how I'm not one because I went out and bought a new pair of jeans and, yeah. you know, and I'm like, well, I... Because you're supposed to be naked as a minimalist. That's right, you know, and, you Can know, you imagine, Ryan, if you and I walked on the stage naked? Yeah. You won't let There's me talk you into it. There's one person clapping. That's the one person that would stay. Yeah. I think it was Bex, actually, and everyone else would just run. And yeah. so, so here's the thing. Uh, um, I have two pithy answers for you, and then we can, we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, the first one is judgment is but a mirror that reflects the insecurities of the person who's doing the judging. So you can give them those 15 words next time that, uh, next time that they, they judge you, right? Realize they're just holding up a mirror and saying, oh, I'm insecure about my own purchases, and so... I'm going to judge you because you know what? It's so much easier for me to have the tallest building if I just tear yours down. And, and so my second pithy answer, and you all know this one already, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. There are four million people in Melbourne, and some of them are pretty awesome. I know, because they're here tonight. <laughs> and if I have people who are outwardly judging me, I'm not going to spend my time. That's my most precious resource. I'm not going to spend that time with them. You might as well just start handing them money while you're giving away resources. <laughs> All right. Those, those are a couple pithy answers. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> man, uh, my pithy answer is this, except I'm, I want to like preface it because family is difficult. We can talk about family after this. But... Uh, if the people in your life who don't support you, fuck them. Wait, can I, can I add to that? Because my mom used to say something that was, I, th I think this is valuable. When my mom would, would, would give that response to someone who wasn't supported, and she, she'd say, fuck you. And then she'd say, no, unfuck you, because fucking's fun. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> With family, it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult because, like, you don't want to just, like, walk, like, turn your back on a family member. I mean, maybe you do. And, and honestly, like, I just can't do that personally. I would never give that advice, but I would never judge someone for doing that. Yeah. But what I'll say is that 
when it comes to family that doesn't support you, so here's my, I guess, another pithy answer. When it comes to family that doesn't support you, it's entirely possible to love those people from a distance. And ultimately, what you've got to, what you have to do is you have to find a community of people that do support you. It sounds like, I mean, when, when he asked you, where are you getting it from? You're like, oh, everywhere, work and family. And it, oh, man, like that is, it sounds like you have more people in your life who are unsupportive than supportive. And, and, and that, that, is, that does have to change. So there are many ways you can just start asking for phone numbers out in the lobby there. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great plan. Um, <laughs> there is a, uh, so, so Josh and I in 2014, we went, on, went around for a year on a 100 city tour and each city we left behind uh, a local meetup group. And all of that is organized at, the, at uh, oh my goodness. At minimalist.org. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanna say, I always want to say mens.org, but we don't own that domain. And Josh is like, stop saying mens.org. <laughs> so you go to minimalist.org. Um, Niamka, she's actually here tonight with a few people, I think, from the group. Um, but yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, she, and she's an awesome person. Like I just had lunch with her earlier and, and, and another gentleman earlier who was part of the group. And there are some really amazing open-minded people there. So, I mean, that's a resource too. You go to minimalist.org, not mens.org. And uh, you click on Melbourne, and it will totally take you to the Facebook page and, and let you know when those guys are meeting. But, but that's not the only way to, to find new community members. There are, there are certainly other ways to do that. Meetup.org is a really good place, too. Do you guys have meetup.org here? Yeah, cool. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Howdy. What's your name? Hi, I'm Lucy. Hey, Lucy. Um, I love your shirt. Thank that you. is awesome. It's as strong as a mother. Um, so my question is about having kids. So I've got a 17-month-old child, and she doesn't have very many toys because I try to take her outside, and we go to the beach, and we go down the bush. And, but you go around to a friend's house, they have a whole room of toys, and she sees them when she goes mental. You, one of you have kids? Both I of do. Your kids? Yeah. How do you approach it with your kids? Yeah, so my pithy answer is um, minimalism isn't about deprivation, so buy your kids some more toys. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I, I, we were we were sitting down with Derek Sivers a few nights ago in front of an audience, and he he was totally changing my perspective on this because he was like, you know, I'm a minimalist. I, I he has a, a six year old boy. He's like, I remember the first three years, like I'm, I'm like I'm just, I'm spending all this time with him. We're going outside. We live close to nature. We're gonna play with sticks and stones and. And then that's it. You don't need toys. There's so much to enjoy out there. And then they were at a restaurant, and they went over to that corner where they had this huge bucket of toys, right? And he said his son was over there for three hours, just like, <laughs> this dinosaur is fighting this, this ninja turtle, and like they're just going at it. And he's like having so much fun with these toys. He immediately went home and got on eBay and bought a crate of toys for $25. Here, here's, here's the honest answer. I, I think that minimalism isn't about deprivation. It's not about us imposing our own preferences on other people. I'd rather instill my values in, into Ella. And part of that means that one of my values is that the stuff in my life augments my experience of life. It doesn't get in the way of that experience of life, though. So I'm not saying go out and buy 10 crates of toys, because then it's just going to get in the way. But there is an appropriate amount. But it's different for each kid, too. I can tell you with Ella, she has some toys that she doesn't play with. In fact, we encourage her 
to donate. She donates a lot of her stuff. Um, we have a little like donation bin box. Um, and so the average, the average kid has 300 toys and plays with 12 daily. Wow. Yeah. And so they don't need all the toys generally. But guess what? If your kid wants to play with 300 toys and you have the resources to provide that, that's great. And, and, and it's not a problem. But there will be a day where some toy stops adding value, encouraging them to let go of it. So the thing we'll, we'll ask Ella is like, well, what are you going to do with that toy now you're not playing anymore? She'll say, well, let's donate it because some other kid can play with it now. So How you're, old is she? She's uh, four now. She's almost five. Yeah. yeah. So, so she, she's starting to understand. She can't pronounce minimalism yet. <laughs> uh, but she can, she, she, she's able to like at least understand like this, this idea of contribution and letting go. Yeah, I I have great advice when for kids, you know, when you have kids, especially like when I don't have any kids, it's really easy to give advice. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm I'm, I'm going to give you a, a pithy answer that I got from Joshua Becker. Um, he wrote a book called Clutter Free with Kids. It's, it's a really good book on having kids and being a minimalist. Um, as a parent, you don't want to tell your kids what to do, but you do want to set boundaries. So what I mean by that is. Yeah, there, there is a different. There, there's a balance between just playing with sticks and rocks, and then buying ten crates of toys. And um, that balance is going to look different in every household. But yes, try to find that balance. And if your kids really do love having toys, you, you could make that a really awesome experience for them. Whether it's just you know buying them a, a, a something that they really really wanted on a random on a random day like not a holiday like that's the best time to get somebody something when they're not expecting it. Um, but and I'm not saying to go you know go out and go wild, um, but you could certainly make this a, a, a an experience with your kids being very deliberate with the toys that they that they bring in. But but yeah, d- don't deprive your kids. You know, Ryan, I was thinking growing up, I, we both grew up pretty poor and. And I remember one thing, like my mom would get paid on Fridays, um, and, and she would take me to the local, like, it was called Big Bear, which is a, a store in Ohio, basically. And, like, she, we would go to the toy section, and we had enough money to buy one $3 toy. And every Friday, though, we would go, and I would spend two or three hours in that toy aisle. And, oh, my God, she, like, would just let me. She let me, like figure it out, and then I, I would get it down to the five that I knew, like, these are the five that I want, for sure. I want all five of these. But I knew I could only get one. Eventually, I'd work, it, work down to that one. And I wasn't deprived because, in a way, like, it was an experience. Like, I knew I was going to acquire this one new toy that I was going to enjoy playing with all week. And um, she knew that she, she, I mean, somehow she was able for $3 to make an entire evening out of out of that experience, right? And so I think you're asking the right question. You're realizing like, oh, wow, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm depriving to, to some extent. And if that's what we feel like, then, then yeah, let's, like, I would certainly open it up to say, okay, what toys um, w- would increase their experience of life? Oh, one more resource for you that will be really, really helpful. Uh, it's an audio book. It's called, it's only an audio book. There isn't a book book version of it. Um, do you, you all know who Rob Bell is? A few of you? Okay, he's been on our podcast once. He'll actually be on it again tomorrow. Um, we recorded an episode before we left LA. Um, he has a great audiobook called Launching Rockets. You can find it on his website, robbell.com. And it's pay whatever you want for it. So you can pay a dollar, you can pay $100, whatever you want to pay. And it, it's 17 observations on parenting. 
And he is like the best parent I know. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how good of a parent he is. So I would encourage you to listen to that. And it's also him and his wife. His wife is like counter commenting on his comments. It's really good. Check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Something happened to our microphone. Our microphone broke. Howdy. Hi, my name is Sienna. I'm 12 years old. Um, oh, wow. I came here because I wanted to, not because my mom forced me to. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what someone would say who's being forced. No, really, really. I did come because well, I wanted to. Um, I'm sorry for all the cursing. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's fine. Don't okay. worry. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Being minimalists, as yourselves, um, what's your opinion on um, like owning pets? and the, all the expenses and stuff that comes with them. I'm, I'm really lucky I'm allergic to pets, so <laughs> like I have the best excuse. Like, I'm sorry, Ella, I can't have a dog. We can't have any cats. Um, and she's like, well, what about the one without hair? Uh, I'm allergic to those too, I think. Uh, no, um, yeah, I, I think it, it really depends on... on, on what your preferences are, right? I mean, it's certainly in line with, with my values. If you want to have a pet that you want to take care of, then by all means. I know Ryan has at least one pet. I still have a cat. <laughs> it's not the same cat that I was talking about earlier. But um, first off, this is the biggest compliment ever. Like a 12-year-old coming out to one of our shows, like the fact that we get to be a role model, like that is... Thank you. Like, I will, I will never take that for granted. Like, you are so much further ahead than we are. And, uh, God, like, I, I, I hope, uh, I just hope you keep on the path. Like, you're, you're, you're going to be awesome. Sorry, you had a question. Um, <laughs> so, with pets, yeah, uh, um, we, have, we have our cat, Machiavelli. I didn't name him. No, when I, when I first started dating Mariah, uh, she had a cat. She had a lot of shoes, too. And... <laughs> Uh, you they know. negotiated. <clears throat> they still have the cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, ult ultimately, uh, that cat added value to Mariah's life, and I love that little cat now, and, like, I would never, uh, ever, like, give it up. Um, and, yes, it needs food. It needs litter. It needs uh, a litter box. Um, but we, we don't have, um, we just don't have, like, toys strewn everywhere. Uh, we, we don't have multiple litter boxes. We don't like, you know, hoard crates of litter, like, you know, for when he needs it. I mean, you know, we'll have like a box or two. But I, I, again, I think going back to that word appropriate, like that is really what, what, what we focus on. So a cat for my life is appropriate. A cat for Josh's life, not appropriate. Yeah. I really want to get a dog one day. I really, like, I love dogs. I'm more of a dog person. Um, I would not get a dog living in Los Angeles. I think it's the cruelest thing you could do to a dog is like, getting a dog when you live in L.A. Um, but but may, maybe one day I will, and, and when it's appropriate. And, uh, I, yeah, I have no problem owning pets. Do you have any pets? Um, yeah, I have a dog, and my brother also has a dog, so. Oh, that's awesome. Well, go give those dogs hugs when you get home. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. We're going to have time for one more question in a minute, because we're about to run over uh, otherwise, because we've got a couple other segments we've got to get to. So bear with us for one moment. I apologize to other folks who are in line. Maybe two if we really stretch it out, uh, uh, the event, longer than we should. Eventually, they will kick us out, but until then, we're all here together, right? <laughs>
It's time for our added value segment. This is where Ryan and I talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. It doesn't have to be a thing, though. It can be an experience, a consumable. Ryan, what has added value to your life recently? Um, I have eaten breakfast at Proud Mary's for like the last two mornings. <laughs> and it is, the, when I said you guys got, you're killing it with coffee, like they've got awesome coffee and their food is amazing. Have you guys been to Proud Mary's at all? Okay. If you haven't, go. It's over in Collingwood, which is awesome little neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's really delicious. I had two breakfasts there this morning. <laughs> Minimalism. Uh, well, yeah, we, we like to do a local flair, but since this is the end of the tour, I want to talk about something that has added value to my life uh, for the last 12 months at least, but honestly longer than that. Uh, we've been on the road for the last 12 months, and with us, uh, we don't have a big team. We just have a podcast editor, a social media manager, a tour manager, um, a website editor, a podcast editor, a lint roller, <laughs> and it's all wrapped up into two people, really. Um, we have Jessica Lynn Williams, who is hiding right up here, and Jessica, I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, she's like up in the balcony, like Juliet or something. <laughs> uh, Jessica manages all of our social media, and she helps out while we're on the road. With uh, literally, when when you see the the signs on the doors, it says like Joshua Fields, Milburn, uh, talent, Ryan Nicodemus, talent, which is questionable. <laughs> um, and then it says like Sean, uh, road manager or whatever, and it says Jessica everything else <laughs> like the, the buck just stops with her she does every everything that like oh we forgot about that jess and she just does it so jessica thank you for being on the road with us this year and sean get your ass up here come on so um about what four years ago we were like we were we were we were growing in a responsible way, and we were like, man, we really need to bring someone else to help us out with all this operational and administrative stuff. We need a director of operations. And when Ron and I managed a bunch of stores in the corporate world, there's a guy named Sean Harding who helped us out with all of our inventory for all the stores. He managed the people who managed the inventory for all the stores, and like we just kept saying, like, we just need to get someone like Sean Harding. Like, we need to find a way to hire someone who's just like Sean Harding. And then I said, you know, you know who's like Sean Harding? <laughs> Sean Harding. <laughs> and so we dragged him and his wife and his kids, he has three kids, uh, all out to Montana when we were out there, and now he's out in L.A. with us. Sean, get up here on stage and give me a hug, damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast Sean. So he, he's the reason that our podcast sounds so crisp and clean in the studio, and uh, he does Thanks, he does an outstanding job for us. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you. Woo! Yeah. And let's move on real quick because each week we like to do a little bonus episode for our supporters of the podcast. We call it the Minimalist Private Podcast, and it's just for folks who support the podcast, and we give you a little a little bit extra. So if it's okay with you, let's do a little bit extra now. Yeah. 
Howdy, what's your name? Hi, I'm, hi, I'm James. Hey James, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks man. I uh, just wanted to ask, how do I know if an actual product is going to add value to my life and isn't just like some impulse purchase? Yeah, so it's really easy for us to justify anything because when I say add value, I mean does it serve a purpose or does it bring me joy? That's what I mean by add value. So does it serve a purpose? You know, if, if I have a nail that I need to hammer into a wall, then I should probably have a hammer, right? That's going to be, it's going to serve a purpose. It's a tool, right? So maybe instead of saying, does it serve a purpose, saying, is this a useful tool? Is this truly useful? Uh, does it bring me joy? Man, that one becomes a lot more complicated, right? It's really nebulous because the things that, that bring me joy may not bring you joy and, and vice versa, right? And so for me, I have a few rules in my life. If, if a purchase is more than $100, I wait 30 days to buy it. Um, unless it's something that I've, like, is an emergency where I have to you know, buy, buy the thing. Um, but then I know it's truly useful. But if it's one of those things that's going to buy me joy, uh, buy me joy what, what would Freud say? Um, uh, no, if it's one of those things that's going to bring me joy, then, then I'm willing to wait. And I think patience is this virtue that you, you, you cultivate. And what I realize quite frequently, because what I said earlier, minimalism isn't about deprivation, but sometimes we can temporarily deprive ourselves of something to see whether or not it's actually going to add value to our lives. Yeah, I mean, ask, before you buy anything, ask yourself, like, how, how difficult is my life going to be without this? Like, that's what I tend to look at. So when I think about um, I don't know, like when the new iPhone came out and I was like, God, that looks, that looks pretty cool. Like the face recognition. I actually do have the new iPhone, so just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, I wanted to get it too. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my cell phone company has this awesome deal where like, I, I mean, I've been with them for so many years, um, uh, that like, you know, I have an upgrade available. I, I would get it super cheap. They could spread it out over, you know, however long. So it really wouldn't be that much monetarily. But I have to ask myself that question. How, how much harder is my life going to be without this, this iPhone X? And the truth is, is like, it's really not going to make my life any easier if I, if I was to get it. Now, there might be a really awesome reason for you personally where you're like, dude, I got the iPhone X because of X, Y, and Z, and it's the only phone that can do that. And that's great, man. Like, if that's truly why you got it, then I think you got it for the right reason. Uh, well, I got it because my last phone I had for four years, and, you know, they kind of get stuff that lasts. Yeah. You don't have to justify your purchase to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> all you, again, all you need is your, your own permission, man. <clears throat> but, but, you know, that said... Uh, Figure out a way how you can get your own permission. That's how I give myself permission. Is and I will also wait a week, uh, two weeks. Um, sometimes I'll wait 30 days. I mean, if, if I'm going to spend an appreciable amount of money, like I want to see how difficult my life is going to be without that item. Because, yeah, man, like you could absolutely talk yourself into buying anything. And uh, if, you, if you do that, you're, you're going to end up with a horde of stuff and be miserable. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you so sir. much. Howdy. I see two people here. We'll, 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 we will, yeah, I think, unless they like drag us off stage, which is possible. But Just imagining a big hook coming out of the... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely get to both of your questions. Howdy, what's your name? You. Hi, I'm Ali. I'm from Sydney originally, but I currently live in Tasmania. Um, just came up from Melbourne to see you guys. Oh, so. thank you. Thanks for making the trip. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, my question is probably more for you, Josh. In relation to when you were talking about your mum passing away and sort of going through her items, and you talked about um, digital sort of making the possessions into a digital format. Um, have you found that in your journey over through minimalism that you have further decluttered those digital items, particularly in relation to your mum and the sentimental items that you had? Not, not really, and, and here's why. I've, I've organized them relatively well, or at least in a way that is uh, um, comprehensible to me, you know? So like if it's a picture, it's a, it just ha has like the, the year that I suspect that the picture was and then whoever's in the picture. There was something fascinating about that when you scan pictures. Like I noticed she had like bundles of pictures of people I had no idea who the hell they were. And I just didn't scan those, right? Like I'm like, I have no idea who the hell this is. Goodbye. And, and um, cause that's, we I'm just holding on to random, I mean that's a, something a serial killer would do. Um, <laughs> And, and so I, once I did that, like, I, they were, they're filed away digitally, they're on the cloud, I don't have to worry about it anymore. You've been on the internet, I assume, right? Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll never reach the end of the internet. And to me, this is sort of like the same thing, right? Like, like I, I'm, I'm far less concerned about digital clutter that, because once it's all sort of filed away, the truth is there are many of those pictures that I'll probably never look at ever again. But if I do need to access it for some reason, like, oh, my Uncle Tim, like, I want to find any pictures of my Uncle Tim, I can just type in Uncle Tim into my, my hard drive or into the cloud, and all of a sudden, all the pictures with Uncle Tim in, in the file name, they will show up. And then I, I have access to them if I want them, but I don't have to clutter up my home with them in, in the meantime. All right, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Mariah and I are going to be in Tasmania. We're going to be at Hobart Ooh, for one day. We're going on the 29th. I was trying to get four days there, but when you scuba dive, apparently you have to give yourself 24 hours before you can fly again, so I had to like cut a day off. Um, I heard about the Mona. Yep, it's pretty interesting. All right, what's the other thing we should do? Ooh... Um, okay, I have to premise this with I've only been there. Wellington, I've, okay, yeah, that's, a Wellington. that's a second. That's second time I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I only been there a month ago, so I'm still getting used to it. But if you want really good coffee, yeah, Pilgrim, okay, awesome. um, that's good because yeah, don't coffee. give me too many choices because yeah. then I'm going to get overwhelmed. Pilgrim, yeah. Wellington, Mona, got it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Howdy. Hello. What's your name? Cal from Brighton. Hey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for uh, letting me ask my question because I thought I was going to have a heart attack waiting there the whole time. Um, yeah, so bear with me, so I'm a bit, bit nervous. Uh, so am I, don't worry. <laughs> uh, I'm moving up to um, Queensland on Saturday, so I should be home packing right now, but I'm not. Um, I can't do the whole, um, you know, the long, long packing part of you guys that you guys had. Um, I've only got a couple of days left. I've done the charity. I've given away. I've sold stuff. At this point, I'm going to throw it in the front yard and throw a match into it. <laughs> Do you have any uh, tips on how to get stuff sorted really, really quickly? Yeah, throw it out in the yard and put a match to it. <laughs> no, don't do that. They'll call, the, they'll call the, the fire truck on you. But if right now, if, if I just got a phone call and it was like, oh, what? Like, oh, her stuff like spontaneously combusted everything else? Like, how would you feel? Relieved. Okay, get rid of it. Just donate it. I mean, don't even go through it. Because the thing is, is like when I had that packing party, um, I made the mistake of like going through everything and putting everything in these, you know, these piles of. This okay. is the very end, after the fact, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after you know, I called Josh up and I'm like, dude, all right, let's 
you know, let's, let's get rid of this stuff, man. Help, help me sort through all this. And I'll tell you, like I'd open up a box of, you know, t-shirts and I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm going to hold on to that t-shirt and I do wear t-shirts, so I'm going to hold on to some of these. And then I look over and like Josh is sweeping coffee mugs into like a, you know, 50 gallon trash bag. And, and, uh, I guess it turns out it's easier to get rid of other people's stuff. Um, <laughs> And then I remember when we moved out to Montana, um, I, I had a few boxes and like a bed and a washer and dryer that I put at my grandmother's in her garage because I was not going to be in Montana for nearly as long as, I, I didn't think I was going to be there for nearly as long as how long we, we ended up living there. And the first time I went back um, to visit my grandmother, I was like, okay, uh, looks like I'm probably going to end up staying out in Montana for a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of this stuff. And there were like a few boxes that I, I didn't know what were in them. And like, I think because I have like, I had spent so much time putting habits into my life and, and calling my, well, calling yourselves the minimalists like really makes you embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I looked at those boxes and I was like, before I opened them, I was like, I don't know what's in these. I'm going to, I'm just going to like, put number, like put random numbers on them. And like, that's how much I'm going to charge for them. Uh, I had a yard sale and they were just mystery boxes. And I'll tell you, like watching people, I had, I should have put, I should have put more dollar signs <laughs> on those boxes because like I had this like antique chair that was like, it was gorgeous. Like it was, it's like the first piece of furniture I ever bought in my life. Um, it was, it was beautiful. And like, that's like what probably excited me the most out of all my stuff. But these mystery boxes, man, people were just like going nuts over. And, uh, and it, it was a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, like when they opened it up, because they would open it up in front of me and they're like, oh, look, a like, half thing used the pasta and a, a can of refried beans and a roll of paper towels. Like, thank you so much. Literally, like this guy was like, oh, I was going to make pasta and beans tonight. <laughs> um, so, so yes, like if, if you really feel like you would you would feel good if all your stuff spontaneously combusted. Like to me, that's a clear sign that like it probably is okay to get rid of it. Now, uh, think about it. Like just just take a quick list of like, okay, I know what I have left to pack and there are these, you know, these one or two items that I absolutely need to have. Uh, your vacuum, you know, whatever you're absolutely, absolutely going to need at your next place. But, but yeah, I would just take the leap. If you've got two days left and you're stressing about it, and it's so, I love how you used us as an excuse to put it off. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> but isn't it funny how easy it is to make excuses sometimes? Like, oh, you know what? Like, I know I should be moving right now and packing, but I'm going to go see the minimalists. <laughs> and that's going to be a much better use of, it's, it's a distraction. Don't let yourself get distracted anymore. Thank you for letting us distract you tonight. <laughs> Don't get distracted anymore. And, and yeah, I would encourage you to, to chuck it. Do you have any, do you have any type of like, um, in Montana, we had uh, this delivery, not delivery, it was a pickup service, and you just called them, and you're like, hey, I've got boxes of stuff, and they're like, well, what is it? And I'm, I don't know, a half box of spaghetti, refried beans, and paper towels, and they're like, great, we'll be over there and get it in like 15 minutes. Do you have any services like that here in Melbourne? Um, we do, but I'm happy to take everything to charity. Cool. One less thing for them to do. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And thanks for making, letting me not uh, pull the Patreon card. Because uh -huh. I was wanted to say, I really wanted to ask my question, so thank you. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. Enjoyed. Thank you. Best of luck. Have a great move. Thank you. I see one last person snuck up at the last minute. This is it. I know they will legitimately kick us off. But howdy, what's your name? 
Hi, my name is Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I kind of like came and then I went because I thought I wasn't going to get in and then I was like, stuff it, I'm going to be pushy. <laughs> um, because I thought it might be a nice um, note to end on to ask like kind of a bigger picture question. Like I love that you guys focus on like the personal journey of like letting go um, and how transformational that can be. Um, but I guess I had an experience last year of reading um, a work by a professor at the University of Melbourne drawing heavily on Henry David Thoreau's Walden. Um, and so, I really uh, a lot of people in Australia, I've, I've discovered, don't know who Thoreau is. Am, am I wrong on that? Or Yeah, it's, it's, it's crickets. In the States, like, everyone seems to know who Henry David Thoreau is, but he was uh, uh, a transcendentalist, like, 1800s, lived in a cabin that he built by himself out in Connecticut and, like, sort of wrote about the experience. His mother also did his laundry. There's a lot of critiques of him, but um, I guess he proposes his alternative economics, and I wondered if you might have a more macro perspective. Perhaps you have a, a vision of the future um, and what that could be like if you know we tended towards minimalism as like more broadly um, rather than consumerism. Yeah, I, I I think it's an important question. So thank you for asking it. I mean, I I, I am hugely inspired by by Henry David Thoreau, especially by a lot of his like. So he has these beautiful one line quotes like like the question isn't are you busy? The question is what are you busy about? Or most men live quiet lives of desperation. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. And, and um, when, I, when I think about him or Emerson or you can even go back like 2,000 years to the Stoics, they had, they had these, these simple living principles, right? So I don't think minimalism is a, is a new idea per se, or at least the solution isn't new. What's new is the problem. The problem is unabashed, unadulterated, nonstop, 24 hours a day consumerism. And, and that's because we've created a culture of imminent convenience. And we've, we've treated convenience as if it's a higher order value. Convenience can be fine, right? Like, I took a plane to get here. I didn't take a boat or swim, right? Like, it made sense in, in that respect. Um, however, I think we are conveniencing ourselves to death. And so I think part of, part of what minimalism does is it allows us to appreciate the modern world and live within the modern world. Ryan and I aren't out here telling you all that you need to go live in a cave and be an ascetic. But what we are trying to question in our own lives and hopefully share our own individual questioning with you is, man, is the life that I'm leading the best life that I can lead given the resources I have? And one of those resources is my attention. And, and right now, with the endless conveniences that we have, whether that's social media or television, uh, we, we, have, we, we have these organizations, these companies, these corporations who are all vying endlessly for our most precious resource, our attention. Because the longer they aggregate the, our eyeballs onto their product or service, uh, the, the more revenue they're able to extract from us or because of us. You know, if, uh, um, if you're not buying products from a place, then you are the product, right? I mean, we see that with all these things that are supposedly free, right? 
you are the product. You are the thing that is being sold to, whether it's via you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, they want to be able to serve up ads to you. So what do I see in the future? I see a simpler life, whether that's, you want to call it minimal, I, honestly, I don't care what you call it, you can call it minimalism, essentialism, living with less intentionality. I see us being more intentional with our time and prioritizing our real values over the values of multinational corporations. Thanks. So um, I think now's the perfect time to wrap this up. We've been, we've been on the road for, for 12 months. We've been all over the place and we've got to see a lot. We've got to answer a lot of questions. We've got to ask a lot of questions. We've got to better understand people. And now it's time for us to to pause, to take a break, to work on the next thing. We, we tend to spend like a year at a time working on a creative project before we put it out into the world. So we're working on another film, and there'll be other things that after that that we focus on. Everything that we, we say yes to has to involve whatever that next project is. But now is the time to sort of pause and reflect and say thank you. And so I want to say thanks to a few folks before we wrap up here. Uh, first off, I want to say thanks to the Athenaeum Theater for having us here tonight. Now, I don't know where they are, but I do want to thank them. I want to thank Brad and Simon. Uh, Simon's been on the road with us. He's been our road manager for uh, all of the, the Australia tour. We started out in Perth. I got off the plane and immediately got skin cancer. And then... From there, we went to Brisbane and Sydney and Adelaide. We went over to New Zealand and Auckland, and we finished up with two events here in Melbourne, and we could not have done it without the folks at Nice Events, Brad and, and Simon, and Kate is here tonight as well. Thank you to Truly all Truly outstanding, yeah. And last but not least, I want to thank you. You gave up your two most precious resources to be here tonight. Yeah, you gave some money to be here, and we're grateful for that. It allows us to hire security and have a real venue that we can have with lights and microphones and bring Jessica and Sean with us. And we even flew our partners out for this. Like, it was really great. So you paid money to be here, and we're grateful for that. But even more grateful, you decided to give up your time and your attention to be here with us tonight. And if you all leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things. Because the opposite never works. Thanks for being here, y'all. Thank you so much, Melbourne. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Minimalists. <laughs>